0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, March 24th. I'm Matt Hoysh.
1: And I'm Julia Caulfield.
0: In today's headlines, Telluride reassesses tourism services.
1: A local's experience helping people flee Ukraine.
0: Music and dance to nourish the soul.
1: And a mountain weather forecast.
0: It's been a time of change for the Telluride Tourism Board. For years, the towns of Telluride and Mountain Village in San Miguel County have had an agreement to fund the board, also known as Marketing Telluride, Inc. Earlier this year, Mountain Village renegotiated a new agreement with NTI, and in January, longtime Tourism Board President and CEO Michael Martelon stepped down. Now, the town of Telluride is having its own shifts with the Tourism Board. Last November, voters passed a measure giving the town more flexibility with how it spends the funds from a 2% lodging tax that have been going to the board. This week, Telluride Town Council began discussions on what a new relationship with the tourism board could look like going forward. My approach
2: to kind of wrapping our arms around the marketing spending as well is just that it's not an endless blank check of 2% of whatever we collect
0: that's Council Member Geneva Shaunet. Mayor Delaney Young notes a working group previously formed between the three governments in the original agreement that identified other concerns:
2: transparency, lack of information. We were getting updates, but it wasn't necessarily what we really wanted to see or what we need, felt we needed to see. There may have also been some disagreements in how things were being marketed or where they were being
0: marketed to whom. But one of the biggest issues from those discussions, Young notes is the local governments want seats on the board.
2: As the primary funders for the organization, there was concern that board didn't represent
0: the major funders. Council largely agrees. Here's council member, me and Fee.
3: I really wanna see a restructure of the entire board. I think that the councils need to have much more of a say on it. I, I actually feel that there need to be two seats for each governing entity.
0: Transparency is another issue. Shaunette wants detailed budgets.
2: No other organization gets to say, just give it to us. We know what we're doing and trust us. We get to see their books, see how they're operating, see their salaries, all that kind of stuff.
0: Fee stresses the importance of open meetings. Councilmember Adrian Christie is also pushing for other structured opportunities for members of the community to provide input. On tourism board activity.
3: What we have heard
1: from the public is that they also want to have a say in what occurs and it can't just be a say from elected officials. I think there needs to be public where they can engage and they're
3: asked to engage.
0: Council also supports the implementation of performance metrics and regular audits to monitor the board as well as firm requirements that the organization remains apolitical. No official decisions were made at this week's work session, but there was broad consensus to get a temporary agreement in place between the town and the Tourism Board in the coming months, with the hopes that that can evolve into something more permanent for coming years. Here's Tourism Board Chair Dan Jansen at this week's meeting.
3: We would love to have kept the three governments and the ski company in the same room. Uh, That's not practical now, so we'll try to make this approach work with you. The
0: tourism board also agreed to provide detailed budgetary information to the town by the end of the week as the russian invasion of ukraine enters its second month the humanitarian impacts of the conflict are only growing locals in the telluride region have had their own reactions to the distant violence on sunday a silent peace march made its way down main street this week telluride town council agreed to hang Ukrainian flags along Colorado Avenue in solidarity with the invaded country. Still, some have chosen to go even further. Jana Pollard is a teacher at the Telluride Middle High School. She just got back from Europe on a trip to help loved ones escape Ukraine. KOTO spoke with Pollard earlier this week, shortly after she made it back to the Box Canyon. The conversation began with a brief overview of why she made the journey.
2: I left about two weeks ago and went to Romania to help uh, three of my relatives uh, escape Ukraine and also just help with the refugee crisis there that's happening. So,
0: Can you tell us about the relatives you have who are in Ukraine?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're not blood relatives. They're people I've known for a long time. They've hosted me in Odessa um, several summers, um, and they're just kind of like a family away from a family, but they're older. Um Violetta, who we call Babushka Violetta, she's almost in her 90s.
0: How do you actually get people out of Ukraine from Romania?
2: So, originally, the plan started as actually we would have to go into Odessa and get them. Um, they were very hesitant to leave their home, uh, and it was very overwhelming. They were not sure they had the capacity to do it on their own. But as the war intensified every day, they decided to actually leave and head for the border. And then I met them at the border and we had a lot of hiccups and a lot of <laughs> plans changed throughout the two weeks I was there. But now they're
0: in Ireland. What was that like going to a place that so many of us are experiencing on social media and the internet? And granted, you weren't in Ukraine, you were in Romania. But what was it like being there on the ground?
2: The first night I was there, we went straight from the airport to the train station and just got an idea of what I was dealing with. And that was, it was really terrible. I mean, every day I was there because the the war was dramatically intensifying. The people coming off the train, you could see their stories were more horrific. Their suffering was just indescribable. Are there any specific moments from the last two weeks of doing this that stick with you? Via Violetta's paperwork, she, you know, let her passport expire about six years ago. So we had a lot of frustrating moments just trying to help her. Um, The Ukrainian embassy in Romania was not issuing new passports because they actually ran out of passport books. And they were just overwhelmed. Um, And, you know, as someone who was there to help, I said, okay, like, let's try the American embassy. And when we went to the American embassy, A, it was freezing. It was snowing, very windy, very stormy. And they wouldn't even let me inside. And they said, oh, if you're trying to help refugees or, you know, if you're a refugee yourself, you have to start online. And they passed me a business card with a website on it. And I was thinking to myself, how how insane is that? You know, first of all, what refugee has a computer with them? So my grandma, she didn't even have a chance to grab her dentures. That's how quickly they had to leave. And he was directing us to start online. And, you know, granted, I had some resources, but I was like, "How? how is that helpful? How is that even understanding the problem by saying that you need to start the process online? We ended up moving further west and going to Vienna and the same issues with the Ukrainian embassy there. And after some nights of research, I had found out that Ireland, thank goodness, was accepting refugees without proper paperwork. So we made a plan to send them there.
0: And your loved ones right now are safe in Ireland? Yep. I realize we already touched on this a bit, but I mean, can you really paint a picture for us, I guess, of what you were seeing and experiencing on the ground over there so close to this conflict?
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was overwhelming. Um, There were just, you know, people escaping Ukraine all over, women and children and kind of grandparent age People who lost all control, like in a matter of, I don't know, just a week or so. They lost everything they had. Um, losing your home, losing your identity as an I- Ukrainian and just losing any type of routine or normalcy. While I was there, the invasion got a lot more violent. And so people were coming with like serious injuries, um, horrific stories and fear just like plaguing their lives and just so many questions and the hard part was there's so much information and it's constantly changing and so as someone who was there to help it was so frustrating to try to know where to take the next step and not have it be a huge waste of time and a huge waste of resources. The Ukrainians themselves are really helping each other so once you tap into that communication system you can get a lot of information and a lot of support which was amazing Yeah, there's just so many questions that are unanswered and every day it just felt like there was more and more questions and it became, you know, when I first got there of when do we go back home and by the time I left it was like, are we going to be able to rebuild our home?
0: Well, is there anything else you want people in our region to know about this having just gotten back from Europe? Is there anything else you think people should be aware of?
2: Um, yeah, I think you know a lot of people have asked me how they can help. If you are able to write um, and make phone calls, contacting our local and state um, government officials and just putting pressure on them to be more involved and more honest about the situation would be tremendous. There are a couple of organizations that could use some money. Um, I'll mention them here. One of them is called Monster Corporation. Uh, you can Google them. They're from Ukraine. But they're helping civilians directly on the ground. There's another Romanian NGO called Heart to Heart International. And their usual focus, They're a ministry, and their usual focus is helping orphans. But when I was there, they were instrumental in helping me. And they're helping the people coming off the trains.
0: Yana Pollard, thanks so much for coming in to talk about your recent trip to Europe to help some of your loved ones in Ukraine.
2: Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me.
1: Music and dance, the aural and physical representations of sound. This week, music and dance
3: are joining forces to nurture the soul and bring sustenance to the heart. The theme sustenance emerged because Just after these past two years, we've been really thinking about what it is, what is it about the human experience that keeps us going? That's Kelsey
1: Trottier, co-director of the Telluride Dance Collective and co-director of Sustenance, an evening of dance and live music.
3: The, you know, collaborative shared experiences, dance, music, these are all things that are so unique to what it means to be human and have these outlets and bring us together. And that's kind of where the broad theme of sustenance came from. It's like, what's what's bringing us vitality? What's nourishing us? Um, and it, now more than ever, it really feels important to be making this work and k- kind of moving forward in the chaos.
1: The show is a collaborative project between The Dance Collective and Telluride Chamber Music. It will be a night of live music and new dance compositions created by The Dance Collective. According to Claire Beard, managing director of Telluride Chamber Music and co-director of Sustenance, the music draws on all the facets of chamber music. We've got things from you know classical composers like
3: Mozart at the beginning,
1: um,
2: and then we, Even have some Spanish flamenco on guitar. We've got some really beautiful string quartet pieces, which are Danish folk songs. It's this huge range of music.
1: Beard notes there's even an original world premiere from composer Glenn Stalkup. She says, there's something for everyone. A sentiment shared by Trottier.
3: There's kind of like a, I guess, contemporary would be a great word to use because what contemporary dance is, is blending different dance forms and genres. And um, we're, you know, we're, we're, play, we've been kind of talking about what does it mean for us to have um, a, a tango piece, like a, you know, like a newer tango, nuevo tango piece with like contemporary dance brought into it. So we're kind of like blending different styles of dance with different styles of music.
1: 13 musicians and six dancers will take to the stage. For Trottier, she hopes the experience will be an energy flow between music, dance, and the audience.
3: My hope would be that it's this outlet in this space for us to, to feel and process things together. I mean, we're working with a wide range of emotions in this show, and... Um, you know, there's some pieces that, are, that have a lot of joy and light and energy, and then there's some pieces that kind of go, go to a darker place, and I've been thinking a lot about what it means to, for us to have these shared experiences of joy, but what does it also mean for us to grieve together, and, and how that's, that's just as important as having, having those moments of, like the, the highs and the lows are equally important for us to share that experience together.
1: Sustenance, an evening of dance and live music, will take place at the Palm Theater on Sunday, March 27th at 7 p.m. Tickets are available at telluridepoem.com. Earlier this week, Telluride Town Council passed several alterations to short-term rental license restrictions approved at last year's election, which capped the number of STR licenses in town for two years. The changes include allowing primary residents to get STR licenses, even if it goes above the cap, and allowing extra license transfers for properties that can essentially only be short-term rented if they're sold. The changes also allow for a lottery system to determine priority for who can get extra STR licenses if some aren't renewed. Town attorney Kevin Geiger explains applications for the lottery would open in mid-September.
0: We're looking at a two-week period of time uh, starting on September 16th, running through September 30th, and then the drawing or the actual assignment of that um, uh, priority based on the lottery drawing would occur the next week in October.
1: Still, license holders have through 2022 to renew, so town won't know how many extra licenses it can reallocate until the end of the year. The changes passed a second reading, 6 to 1. Council Member Lars Carlson was the no vote.
0: What do you call a fun night among friends that requires knowledge of Telluride past and present and likely includes alcohol. The answer? The Telluride Past and Present Pub Quiz. Next week, the AHA School for the Arts and the Telluride Historical Museum are teaming up for a pub quiz of the ages. Drawing on the AHA's exhibit, Wish You Were Here, the night of trivia fun will focus on the Little Box Canyon we call home. The Pub Quiz Trivia Night will take place at the Stronghouse on Tuesday, March 29th, starting at 6 p.m. Get your teams together.
1: The sun is out and live music is sprouting up across the Telluride region. This Friday, catch Victor Andrada in Heritage Plaza from noon to 4, Cousin Curtis at the Transfer Warehouse from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., the Gold Kings at the Phoenix Bean from 6 to 8 p.m., and Mr. Sweaters at the Show Bar from 10 to 11 for the burlesque after show. Saturday, Leslie and Trevor are in Heritage Plaza from noon to four. Claybrook and Tom are at the Transfer Warehouse from 3.30 to 5.30. And DJ Wombat is playing the show bar from 10 to 11 p.m. for the burlesque after show. Sunday, David Nunn is playing Heritage Plaza from noon to four. And Sunday and Monday, the infamous String Dusters are at the Sheridan Opera House from 9 to 11.30 p.m. If you want more live music information, check out KOTO's live music calendar at KOTO.org.
0: Colorado Democrats are sending Governor Jared Polis a bill that aims to protect unrestricted access to abortions. As KOTO Scott Franz reports, the bill was debated for dozens of hours at the Capitol. Senator Brittany Pedersen says the so-called Reproductive Health Equity Act will help women beyond Colorado.
3: It is the women across the country will have to travel to Colorado from other states in order to get the care they need, who are relying on us.
0: The measure is a response to other states like Texas and Florida passing restrictions on abortions in recent months. Pedersen says women from those states are already making long drives to Colorado to get care because of them. Supporters of the bill fear the US Supreme Court may strike down protections for the procedure. Republicans called the bill radical and tried to pursue bills that would ban abortions in the state. Opponents are also gathering signatures to put the issue on the November ballot. I'm Scott Franz at the state capitol.
1: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for clear skies tonight with a low in the mid-20s. Friday expect sunny skies with a high around 50 degrees. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low around freezing. Saturday calls for sunny skies with a high in the mid-50s. Saturday night expect partly cloudy skies with a low in the mid-30s. This has been the news for Thursday, March 24th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.
0: We would like to thank everyone who donated to KOTO during our Winter Fun Drive. A huge thank you to...
1: Juan Ortega.
0: Steve Collins, Deb Guzmundo, Ann Husky,
1: Chris Zeeve,
0: Jason White,
1: Elaine Tholen, Dick Unruh, Paul Rails, Gray Rembert, Drury Senior,
0: Andrew and Sarah Milder,
1: Elizabeth Lavery,
0: TJ Woodward,
1: Angela Watkins,
0: Megan Berg,
1: John Adolph,
0: Stephanie Dressy,
1: Bruce French,
0: Hawkeye Johnson,
1: Gene Chandler,
0: Michael Castanilla,
1: Amy Bobel,
0: Jen Visich,
1: Max Yancey.
0: Palma Tavener.
1: Todd and Aidy Pearson.
0: Dot and Bill Myers.
1: Greg Malver.
0: Dave and Cindy Mallett.
1: Wendy Lawler. Rick Felker. And Becky Cullen.
0: Thank you all so much.